Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. Uh, my name is Andy Neal and this is a meandering monologue through Critical Care Fellowship exam preparation. So HIV in the ICU is becoming a bit of a rare beast as infectious disease doctors seem to have it so well controlled that it becomes a, more of a chronic comorbidity rather than the cause of their presence in the ICU. There are of course exceptions, typically in the poor soul in difficult circumstances who's trapped in poverty and with no means to maintain stability in their lives. These patients will often have fulminant and uncontrolled disease. Primary HIV will not typically land you in the ICU, but it is an important syndrome with a clinical appearance a bit similar to infectious mononucleosis. The key is to consider it and be liberal with testing, and in particular, patients are often most viremic at this stage and can spread HIV significantly when they are very much unaware of their status. The CD4 receptor is a primary binding site for HIV, and over time these CD4 positive T cells become very deplete, and indeed this is one of the means of immunosuppression in HIV. So CD4 counts are rarely available out of ours to us, but we do have the lymphocyte count as a reasonably well-established surrogate. CD4 levels of less than 200 are generally considered to put people at risk of opportunistic infections, though the risks and the weirdness of the infections gets greater as the CD4 count falls. And in general, at the higher levels, say between 100 and 200, you can expect to see respiratory illnesses, and at the super low levels, say less than 100, expect to see funky things like cryptosporidium and toxoplasmosis. In terms of diagnosis, as far as I can work out, and of course I am no virologist, most tests to diagnose HIV are some form of antigen stroke antibody testing. The viral load that we see is used primarily to measure response to treatment. So these patients will often be on a lot of unpronounceable medications, and the general rule here is to continue them all if possible. Breaks in treatment can lead to resistance, um, and, but however, there are often problems with actually keeping this treatment going. So for example, there are no parenteral preparations currently available, and of course, working in the ICU, we find it very difficult to believe that drugs given by a non-IV route can actually do anything. Um, worse than this, many are not actually crushable, so even if we have an NG, we mightn't be able to deliver them. Um, absorption is likely impaired by critical illness, say with poor cardiac output, and alias is common, and that's going to further reduce absorption. Um, oftentimes, feeds needs to be stopped for a break for administration, and this is going to impair nutrition of our critically ill patients. Clearance may be altered by either hepatic or renal injuries, and there are lots of interaction with other meds used in the ICU that might change the effect of the anti-HIV meds. All antiretroviral therapies are hepatotoxic to some degree, and the ones that come up on the exams all the time are the nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, the NRTIs, and these are famous for causing a lactic acidosis. At least they are in exam-type scenarios, even if not in real life. Finally, it's worth being aware of an entity called IRIS, or Immune Reconstitution Inflammatory Syndrome, and this occurs in patients who have relatively advanced HIV at presentation with very depressed CD4 counts. These patients have immune systems that have been culled of their senior and competent staff, somewhat like the hospital at 3am on the Sunday after Christmas. There are lots of opportunistic infections have sneaked in and they're not causing much of a fuss and remain entirely unnoticed. Along comes effective antiretroviral therapy and all of a sudden there are legions of CD4 cells marching the corridors and uncovering CMV and crypto in every crevice. The newly reconstituted immune system gets very excited and does what it does best and causes inflammation somewhat to the detriment of the body overall. All that to say is that occasionally in the critically ill, newly diagnosed HIV patient, you may find your ID team making strong, strong recommendations not to commence the antiretroviral therapy. Uh, references from this you can check out O's Intensive Care Manual, Chapter 69. And thanks again for listening.